0: welcome to green minds think alike we're finishing up um, our four days here in the city of winter park uh, the first two days were with the florida sustainability directors network and then the last two days have been uh here talking about all things energy codes uh thanks in part to kim cheslick from for- formerly imt now uh in bi and so kim thanks for joining me if if you don't mind just give us a little bit of background on who you are how you uh, ended up where you are currently
1: yeah hi chris um my name is kim chaslek i'm currently the associate director of codes and policy with the new buildings institute um that's a new position for me just over the last few weeks um and i was most recently with the institute for market transformation imt Um, i was an energy code specialist there and my background is uh through energy codes I was a building official um, in Washington DC which is pretty well known for its energy and green code compliance Uh, and I was the second person brought on to the team that built out the green building division there so really helped to establish the processes protocols um, that a lot of other cities have picked up on how to complete energy code review inspection and then branching out into green code and and deeper sustainability options
0: maybe uh, before we jump into the this this program here with IMT can you talk about your decision making going from the government side into working with IMT a little bit i i know people are always interested kind of what's the progression for people
1: Yeah, um, so for me, some of it was forced. My husband um, wanted to leave D.C., um, so it was sort of, uh, you know, when you leave a city, you are usually no longer allowed to continue to work for that city government, especially we were moving far away, so we live in Maine now. Um, But I think even personally, I was starting to, I'd been with D.C. for a few years and was starting to see the need through presenting some of our work that there was an appetite to do a lot of this at a more national level. And so I had a strong interest in sort of helping to move that forward. And so when the position came open with IMT, um, I thought, you know, being able to use what I had developed and learned and be able to sort of spread that around and understand compliance at a larger level than just the district um, was really important to me.
0: Oh, that that's great. I mean, that's definitely the kind of content in our listeners are are interested in learning (laughs) about in regards to you know what happens post city government life. Um, So let's go ahead and move into the development of this program that led you here today with us uh, providing this energy training.
1: Yeah so uh, IMT some number of years ago, four, maybe a little more than four at this point, um, started a project with the U.S. Department of Energy. Um, there was a FOA announcement, and I don't remember what FOA stands for right now. Um, funding Opportunity Announcement um, to do a commercial energy code field study. Uh, DOE has mo- is most well known for the residential energy code field studies that have happened in a bunch of um, I think you know Atlantic states. One in Texas. Um, And those have now sort of expanded out into the Southwest, Um, but commercial codes was sort of this gap where we weren't understanding what was going on in commercial buildings um, and the compliance of those buildings because they are a large percentage of our square footage um, in building stock generally is really important. So we started this project to take a a sort of a prototype model and expand it out to a larger set of buildings. So we'll end up with about 220 uh, buildings uh, sampled across two different climate zones, most of them from uh, half of those from here in Florida, um, primarily climate zone two A, uh, and then a group in like Nebraska, Iowa, sort of Illinois range.
0: Okay, um, yeah, and then as far as this portion of it, the energy train, it, has the actual study compl- has has that been completed? Looking at those buildings, or is that still ongoing? Mm-hmm.
1: We are oh so close to completing the study. Um, our final data sample is getting sort of wrapped up by our field teams now and processed. Um, but the, the training that we've been doing here for the last few days was tailored with South Face. Um, it was part of our initial full application to to do these trainings um, to sort of make a better, hopefully, um, commercial energy go training. So not just better in like, you know, I know sometimes these things can be dry, but also like a little bit more tailored, like tighter. Like we have found through the study that these things are getting missed a lot. So like, let's spend some extra time focusing on those measures and not just go line by line through the code and try to teach everyone um, every part of the code. You know, the piece that's going on right now um, is on mechanical systems and it is focused strictly on simple mechanical systems because You know, our study goes across a a wide range of commercial buildings, but most of what we found in the sort of like small and medium commercial office and commercial retail space is that they are using simple systems. There, there of course, are big buildings in big cities that use boilers and chillers and VRF systems, but that is not the common practice. And so if we can focus on getting people to be 100% compliant on the most common items then i think we've taken our commercial building stock a long way
0: yeah and i I, you know having sat through the majority of this training thus far have seen sort of how that's been brought up you know in in regards to looking out proper installation of insulation um what are ways that lighting as far as you know vacancy sensors versus occupancy sensors even getting into the comp check and res check calculations and seeing how that works and what we should be looking for as a, as someone that's reviewing permitting or out in the field doing the inspection, so I certainly see that as part of um, you know this this training and 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 its benefit to anyone that's in that realm. Um, so maybe if you could just. What what's the long-term gain or play with with this? I mean, is the training funded for a period of time or, and then, and once the study gets released, sort of how is that gonna be um, wrapped into this as well?
1: Great question. So the, we've got this training. Um, so the training modules are complete and um, those will be public. Um, so anyone would be able to pick up the module at any time and, and go through it on their own. Um, you know, South Face can give the module in, you know, continually across different cities, states where, you know, whoever would call them and ask. Um, so, you know, that's all federally funded. So it's all going to be public and, and out there. Um, then for the train or so for the study itself, You know we like i said we're in the final stages of data collection so we're really aiming to have a formal analysis complete uh, and published around may of this year Um, and the goal there will be to sort of you know, like they've been doing in the training here, rank those measures. What are the top 10 most important measures? Like if you could, the the thing I get asked from code officials most often is like, if I only have time to look at five things, 10 things, can you tell me what those things are? And so I can speak to that sort of from my experience, right. As a, as a building code official um, and say like, you know, I found that these 10 things get missed most often. Um, But that's specific to where I was working in DC. And that may not be the same everywhere else, because I think there's like naturally a, recurring knowledge that migrates in in different locations in the country um but so we tried to catch this big swath of the country um and you know hopefully we can produce something that looks like a checklist if you're looking at a small or medium-sized commercial building uh these are the things we think that are going to be missed most often and this is where you're going to get your most energy savings
0: for those of you that aren't familiar can you maybe give a a quick quick brief description on South Face and who they are. I know we as a Southeast uh, Sustainability Directors Network had the opportunity when we were in Atlanta uh, to visit their facility there and and actually we were hosted by them during that time so we got to see their facility and sort of learn a little bit about them but maybe if you could talk a little bit about who South Face is and, and why they were chosen to be the trainers on this.
1: Yeah, South Face. So I can they probably do more than what I'm about to say. Um, But South Face is a sort of regional energy efficiency organization. They're based in, like you said, in Atlanta. So they've really focused in the southeast. Um, They've been heavily involved in the Earthcraft program, which is a green sustainability certification um, for residential and commercial buildings. Um, You know, When IMT selected South Face to be our partner for the education piece of this, uh, it's hard to educate on this stuff. Like, it can be dry. It can be boring. Um, And when you sort of, when we were looking across potential partners, um, it was a little bit of location-based, you know, and then also um, a lot on, like, what types of trainings are they pumping out? Like, are they giving trainings that are getting good feedback, or are they giving the standard you know, dry training? Were they, were they willing to work with us to tailor stuff that they had? And, you know, with South Face, we got a really good partner in that they were very interested in making sure that what they were presenting was relevant to the study but also to the people that would be coming Mm -hmm. um and so we spent a lot of time talking about like well how is florida's building code different and then when we're going to go do one in nebraska in a couple weeks you know what is important to nebraska it turns out that nebraska is about to adopt the 2018 iecc so like all of everything is going to be important uh to the folks there because they are currently on the 2009 but so you know, working with Mike Varsic has been really good because he's interested in the nuance of what that means in different locations and has been really flexible. Um, and he's a great public
0: speaker. So. Yeah, I mean, anybody that can make the psychometric chart exciting and doesn't make you fall asleep. I mean, I, yeah, Mike has been doing a great job. So I certainly, uh, kudos to him and to South Face and for IMT uh, for selecting them. Um, is there anything else you want to talk specifically on that program? Otherwise, you know, I. I kind of interested to know about your next step um going to nbi so kind of two-headed question there
1: yeah i mean i think the the commercial code studies ours is done or is about to be done but um you know one of the things that we've learned in the this wrapping this one up is that there's actually still you know a lot to be found um like i said Mike's now talking about simple mechanical systems. We had a pretty big gap in complex mechanical systems. So there's another study that's been funded by DOE that IMT just won um, to do uh, another pass at commercial buildings focusing on really large jurisdictions. So instead of looking at common buildings, we're looking specifically at large jurisdictions that are producing very large buildings that have those complex systems so that we can understand what compliance looks like for those systems. Uh, I know there's another study that's also been funded um, through the University of Nebraska at Lincoln that NBI is a part of um, that's looking at what happens in commercial compliance when you have modular construction. And so, you know, these gaps still sort of exist in our understanding of what compliance looks like. And so I think DOE is doing a really good job at building off of these studies and figuring out where to plug those holes, especially towards things that we know are important, like modular construction is increasing. There are a lot of large cities with large buildings, you know, so figuring out how to, you know, f- spread those studies around and make them incremental so that they build on each other has, I think, a really good uh, step forward for this work. Um,
0: well, before you jump into the MBI, one question kind of came up, follow up. Was there something that you went into it, maybe some preconceived ideas or thoughts that you found through the study that were incorrect or maybe modified your thinking on? Or did or did sort of your assumptions play out when you were going through the study?
1: Um, I think a lot of my assumptions played out. Through the study, um, you know, one of the big things that we assumed early and were basically 100% backed up on is um, the lack of understanding of what to ask for on commissioning, um, which we found across many, many jurisdictions that, you know, the requirement of a commissioning report in the code does not guarantee either commissioning or a commissioning report, right? Um And then the other thing that we found, and and I'm happy to say that NFRC has picked up on and is doing their own study, is that there's I've never seen an NFRC certificate for a site-built window. I know that people claim that these exist. And, um, you know, a little over a year ago, I had a conversation with some folks at NFRC, And I asked them like, how many site built windows do you guys think are certified? And they said about 2%. So NFRCA and DOE have actually launched a separate study um, that's going on to understand the window compliance issue. Uh, And that's a complicated compliance issue also. Um, But so those things were like, like, we sort of expected to never see anything on windows. We haven't found anything on windows. You know, I did think we'd find more complex systems. I thought we'd get into a couple more large buildings. Um, So it was sort of interesting to see the um, expectation of that gibbling out of the water that the large buildings that we were hoping to find just were harder we're harder, you know, there are large buildings being built. It's not I'm not saying large buildings are not being built, like, but you have to get into them. And so part of our study is like getting on site. So the percentage of large buildings being built, the percentage of yeses we needed to get into them um, didn't really pan out. So again, like following up specifically targeting that sample um, is going to be really important. And it was sort of unexpected um, how many how hard it was for us to be able to find those buildings.
0: So, kind of like I mentioned before let's kind of move ahead for you what, what is uh what is m b i gonna mean for you moving forward? How can you use this this as a sort of a jumping off point or or where the direction's gonna head for you with them
1: yeah um so my move to NBI uh, is, like I says very recent. Um, and for me, so I've got, like, a little bit more of a technical background. I, I went to school for architecture. I was a code official. Um, and so I've been sort of longing to be a little bit more deeper in the technical analysis and, and the development of what does the code look like next. IMT plays a, a pretty strong supporting role in that, but it's just there wasn't ever quite enough for me to, like get my arms around the way um, that I sort of ultimately had hoped to. Um, So I am really sad to be leaving my team at IMT. Um, But, you know, with NBI, we're looking towards, you know, what is the future of codes? So what does decarbonization look like? In a building code, um, what does grid optimal look like? In um, not just in codes, my role specifically will focus on codes, but you know, people are looking at this across the organization. Um, you know, what does it mean for city policy if you're going to look towards an electrification standard, or um, you know, NBI, IMT also, but NBI is very focused on the new the building performance standard. So, what are we doing with our existing building stock, and how are we moving those forward? Um, and are we looking at carbon, or are we still looking at energy? And what's the balance there? Uh, and so, you know, it's a really exciting time for me uh, to sort of move on to an organization um, with sort of a similar mission, um, but a different focus, and, and how you get there.
0: And lastly, do you just have any advice for anyone coming up, sort of in this career path, that uh, over the years that you've you've gone through, that you might lend?
1: Um, yeah. So if someone wanted to do this, I would say everyone should try to be a code official. Um, I find it actually pretty surprising the number of conversations that I'm in where someone will turn to me and say like, well, Kim's the only person here who's ever been a code official or Kim's the only person who's ever inspected a building, um, you know, for compliance, not for research. There's plenty of people inspecting buildings for research. So, I wish there were more people who could do that. I, you know, I know not every jurisdiction is hiring energy reviewers specifically um, and, and, you know, targetedly, but I think they will be. And so I think sort of given that opportunity to sort of dive in in that world, you learn a lot about you know the workings of city government I don't just use the code stuff like understanding how city government RFPs work and you know funding works and how long it takes to get things done is all really critical in my work now when I talk to cities and I make recommendations to them because I can still make a very like pie in the sky recommendation but then i can give them steps like i know i'm saying that you should aim for this thing i know these 20 things need to go into that and each of those things is going to take no less than three months but like here's the roadmap for you of how i think you should get there and that city level experience is just so invaluable
0: yeah i I totally would agree with you yeah i mean the fact that you have that background is is very helpful when you're now interfacing back to local governments and trying to get officials and plans examiners to do a better job. So, well, thank you for bringing this training. You know, I, you know, I, I was hopeful we would have more people, but I'm glad we had this opportunity to talk about it, and hopefully, more will get the opportunity in the future to to take the training. So, thanks for taking the time.
1: Yeah, great. Thanks for having us, Chris. All I right. appreciate all your work. Thanks.